0: Hi
1: everyone, this is Sandra,
0: and this is Christina, and you're listening to Sisters Coffee and Crime podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the Holly Jones case that happened in 2003 in Toronto, Ontario.
1: So I'm going to start to tell you a little bit about Holly Jones. Holly Jones was born to parents George and Maria on September 14th, 1992. She was the youngest of four children. She had two sisters shauna and natasha as well as an older brother james holly was an adventurous outgoing little girl and music was a huge part of her life she loved pop music and some of her favorite artists were destiny's child britney spears and avril Lavigne. she wanted to be a famous singer holly wanted to start a band with her friends that they would have named the evil angels and there's a beautiful tribute to holly on youtube called In Loving Memory of Holly Jones. It's where I found a lot of these facts and it's only about five minutes long. On May 12th, 2003, the day after Mother's Day, when Holly was just 10 years old, she walked her friend home from her house. Holly's parents only let her go if she promised to be back for dinner. Unfortunately, this was the last time anyone in Holly's family would see her alive again. It didn't take long for Holly's parents to realize that something just wasn't right. They called the police later that same evening, knowing Holly should have been home around 6 p.m.
0: Sorry, how long until they called the police? How many hours lapsed?
1: It didn't specifically say that. I don't know what hour they called. They just said it was later that evening. Okay, all right. So the police took Holly's disappearance pretty seriously right from the beginning. Holly was so young, being only 10, and she didn't fit a typical runaway. The very next day, George and Maria made an emotional plea to the public for their daughter's safe return and a very rare Amber Alert for Ontario in 2003 was issued. Unfortunately, this was all done in vain because that morning, a man walking his dog found a bag with the remains of Holly Jones. When I first saw, like, first was reading this, Mm -hmm. when they said a bag, for some reason in my head, it was a trash bag.
0: Yeah, that's what I pictured too.
1: But it's actually luggage bags, and we will put pictures of those on our uh, social media. Okay. So the police start diving off of the Toronto Island, which is where her remains washed up to shore.
0: Okay.
1: To look for some more evidence in the case. So, the police released photos of the two bags and dumbbells that were found in hopes that the public can help them a little bit. So, her body was found in two bags, not one. Right. Okay. The police were also looking for the clothes that Holly was wearing when she went missing. So, she wasn't dressed, she was naked in the bag? She was naked, and I'm not sure if they ever found her clothes. It doesn't say.
0: Okay.
1: On May 16th, 2003, The police ask for help again in locating two men who were seen on the Toronto ferry carrying bags. One of the men comes forward and he's promptly cleared. And I don't know if they ever spoke to the the other man. Photos of Holly in the last few days before her abduction are released to the public. Since the crime happened during the day, they're hoping that someone saw something and they may not even realize how important it is. At this point in the investigation, police have followed up on more than 1,600 tips that have been called into the hotline. Just eight days after Holly's abduction, a funeral is held at St. Vincent de Paul Catholic Church. On May 20th, 2003, hundreds of people show up to mourn the 10-year-old girl. Premier Ernie Eves, Police Chief Fantino, and Mayor Mel Lastman come out to pay their respects to the family. The day after Holly's funeral, police start collecting DNA samples from Holly's neighborhood. They start looking through trash from businesses and houses, but one neighbor decides not to give their DNA, and this makes police really suspicious, and they put Michael Briere under surveillance.
0: They just put him because he wouldn't give his DNA, or were there other factors?
1: They say that the DNA is what made them follow him. Okay. So at this point, police ask residents if they notice a neighbor that maybe disappeared in the night after Holly's remains were found. Police believe that the killer is in this West End neighborhood. They know that the killer is very familiar with the place and they have to be local. I mean, this person snatched Holly right off the street in the middle of the day.
0: Right,
1: right. So while the investigation of Holly Jones is going on, something disturbing starts to happen sort of in the background. June 2nd marks the day of the first attempted child abduction. And what's described as a rash of child abductions happens then. A little boy is taken, is almost taken from a grocery store and his mother screaming is what stops the person from taking the little boy and after that in the next couple of days it starts to happen a lot kids are almost abducted right off the streets in daylight apparently while their parents are not too far away from them
0: is this all happening like within the same area
1: yeah within holly's neighborhood it's in the west end neighborhood is what they say
0: wow okay
1: This makes the residents start to patrol their own streets. They are understandably upset after these events. Even Holly's school ends up tightening up security. Everyone in Toronto is scared for their children. The West End neighborhood gets together and stages a rally to take back the streets. This prompts the province of Ontario to promise the public more police on the streets. They announced that $700,000 will be given in funding so that officers will be out looking for sex offenders. Okay, so now we go back to Holly's investigation. Police make a computer-generated photo of Holly wearing the clothes that she went missing in, in hopes that someone will remember something from that day. They also begin to look at, at all the routes that Holly was familiar with, I'm guessing at this point they think that they know what way Holly would have walked to her friend's house and back, but maybe she stopped to go somewhere else. Or maybe she went a different way that she was familiar with, but it wouldn't be the route that they originally thought. And did they talk to her
0: friend? So, like, what I mean is if they talked to her friend, did they just go the one way that they new. yeah i think
1: at the beginning they just went the one way that they think that holly would have went like the clear path but she's familiar with other routes sure yeah on the way
0: back that sounds very kind of that seems very logical to kind of figure out what other way to get home right um and then you have the little girl that it was a little girl that she was with yes um her friend that would tell you this is the way that we went we, home and as if anything kind of stood out to her. Right. Right. Okay.
1: Okay. So now we have to backtrack a little bit and go back to Michael Breer. So police okay. have him under surveillance. Right.
0: He's the one that didn't want to give his DNA.
1: Right. And at, at this point, um, when they're surveilling him, they notice that he throws out a soda can. And they pick it up out of the trash and do DNA on it. And it comes back a few days later, it's a match. So it matches DNA that's found uh, on Holly, specifically DNA that's found under Holly's fingernails. Oh,
0: that's awful.
1: (laughs) Now that the DNA matches, this allows the police to get a search warrant for his house. And while the police are searching and it seems that they know exactly what they want to find, there were carpet fibers found around Holly's body. And after getting Michael's carpet tested once again, it's a match. Police bring Michael Brier in for questioning on June twentieth two thousand and three, and as a result, arrest him for first degree murder in Holly's case So before I tell you what Michael says happened on that day, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Michael Briere. and Michael Breer is said to have a troubled childhood. he was the only child to a single mom. His dad left before he was even born. According to Michael's childhood friend, it was clear that Michael's mom wasn't up for the task of raising a child. Michael was more of a parent than his actual mother was. He took care of her until she passed in 2001. Michael was considered a loner and he was just fine with that, being on his own. He did marry for a short period of time but divorced in 1997. His ex-wife would go on to say that she was completely shocked and can't believe that Michael was a pedophile, let alone a rapist and murderer. Michael did occupy his time playing video games. Specifically, he liked Final Fantasy and watching movies. One thing that I found kind of strange was that the week he abducted Holly, Michael rented from his local video store Gacy, and that's the real-life story of John Wayne Gacy Jr., who was the child serial killer. Police also found dozens of movies downloaded to his home and work computer, and they were all child pornography, mostly with little girls ages 10 to 12. Gross. This is what Michael said made him, you know, quote-unquote do it. that the movies did the movies like all of the fantasies kind of bubbled up inside of him and when he saw holly jones on may 12th he acted the only kind of strange thing that i found was his ex-wife her name's vicky Mm -hmm. she said that michael wasn't a loner michael was this social guy and when they met he was a bodybuilder and she sort of describes him of having this like larger than life personality. Okay. And his childhood friend is like he was this meek, shy guy.
0: I know, but I mean, if we're talking about what kind of kid you were versus what kind of adult you are, I can see the changes happening, right? There are a lot of people right. that are shy as kids that grow out to be that grow up to be very like outgoing and stuff. So really I don't I mean, it doesn't really mean
1: anything. No, but um, he's playing Final Fantasy as an adult. Well, so. uh, yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> I get that. He's just, I don't know. I thought it was yeah. weird. Like, they
0: have two very different descriptions of Michael. Of the person, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying, yeah.
1: Okay, so Michael goes and he talks to authorities. And the whole interview lasted about three hours.
0: Did he do it with a lawyer present or did he do it? It with- didn't
1: say he had a lawyer. Okay. I think that he was just... He knew he was caught. I mean, they had all okay. this evidence, so I think he just told them what, uh, what his, story. His, his story. Right. So Michael says on May 12th, around dinner time, he walked past Holly and he notices that she's alone. And something goes off in his head and he decides to abduct her. So he turns around, walks up behind her, puts his hands around her neck, and carries Holly into the house. He was quoted as saying, like, she didn't scream. She was just in shock. Obviously, he's abducting her. Okay, so he says that he tried to rape Holly, but claims he was unsuccessful. Okay. Well, I I guess
0: I mean he's... He's not going to admit to everything. I don't know if they found evidence that she was sexually assaulted.
1: There is evidence that she was sexually assaulted. Right. I don't know what his unsuccessful means, though.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: Because they said that there was damage to her body. I'm going to leave it at that. You guys can look it up if you want. Sure. Okay. So, he says that he got frustrated and he ends up strangling her to death.
0: He got... Wait, why did he...
1: I don't know if it was because the rape was unsuccessful, so oh, he gets okay, frustrated. Okay. All right. So he strangled her to death, okay. and now that Holly's dead, he doesn't know what to do with her. Mm-hmm. So he said for a couple of hours, he put her in his fridge.
0: Oh, God, okay.
1: And then I guess he gets the bright idea to dismember Holly, mm-hmm. and he puts her in the luggage bags, decides to go on the Toronto Ferry, and throw her overboard.
0: I mean, for someone who didn't know what to do with a dead body, he sure did come up with a a pretty
1: elaborate plan. It's true. I'm not even sure if this is, like, was this his first person that he ever killed? I don't know. I don't know, yeah. And then my other question would be, was he the one trying to abduct kids when it was happening?
0: Oh, when the whole...
1: Yeah, when that rash of, like... Child attempted child abductions was happening,
0: so you think that maybe he just got like a taste for it and thought maybe I can keep getting away with it. Is that what you maybe
1: thought? i really, I don't know, or someone else was, but it, this whole thing with the child abductions seems to have gone away after Michael Breer is in custody yeah, they don't talk about it anymore, and I don't know if that's a they're just not talking about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Or if it's not happening anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. Michael does plead guilty to first degree murder and he waives his rights to a preliminary hearing. He doesn't go through the, like, it's not the regular way it's done because people normally try to plead not guilty to get a lesser sentence. He didn't. He said that he didn't want to put the family through that. Um, I... Hate when they say things like this. To me, it's like, you abducted, raped, murdered, and dismembered her. You don't care about what the family feels at that point. Right. Anyhow, Michael Breer is now in the Kingston Penitentiary Mm -hmm. with a life sentence, and his first chance of parole is in 2028.
0: Wow, that's not that long. I mean, if you think about it, right? We're approaching 2020. So... But that's his first
1: parole here? That's his first parole that he's eligible for. Okay. And I believe right now he's 51 years old in 2019. Wow. And that's it. That's all we know about Michael Breyer and the case.
0: Did we look up to see, like, where Holly Jones' family is now? Like, all of her siblings and stuff like that? Did you look that up?
1: I did see they do memorials for her still. mm mm-hmm. Um, But nothing... I didn't really look up her family. Right. Okay.
0: Thanks for listening to our first episode of Sisters Coffee and Crime. Please make sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. The links will be in the show notes. Talk to you guys next week.